Welcome to Core Voices, the space where your voice matters. We want every voice to have a choice where you can share your stories, talk about the things that concern you in a space that is supportive and non-judgmental. And today I am honored to have two amazing sisters on this show who are creating change through the work that they're doing. We've had with us before the founder of the core movement, Gurpreet Kaur, who is doing incredible work to support survivors of sexual abuse in the South Asian community. And she's doing a fantastic job of creating awareness around that. We also have with us today an amazing sister, Bishambar Das. She is the first South Asian female plus size model, which is incredible, and the youngest magistrate's judge at the age of 22 in the UK, which are both incredible achievements. I would like you to join me in welcoming my two incredible guests to Core Voices today. Hi. Hi, Hi ladies. How are you? Fabulous. Fun. Fabulous. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you both on the show today. And I I hope that you guys are excited for our conversation and everything that we're going to be talking about. I want to ask you, Bisham Pradas, your name is so amazing, so unique. Like, is that your actual name? Yeah, <laughs> yeah people ask me that. Um, it is my name. If I was going to choose another name, it wouldn't be Bisham It wouldn't be Bisham Pradas. I'll choose something else. <laughs> Um, but yes, it's definitely um, a unique name. Um, it, uh, so it's mentioned there also. But actually, um, so to me, it's a blessing. Um, and I refuse to change it. I refuse to shorten it. I refuse to do anything to it. That is my identity. I am Bishambar Das. I have never met a female who has that name. Uh, it's, it's a very masculine name, but it's mine. Yes. And it's beautiful. I don't think it's masculine. I think it's you. Like, it's just beautiful. When I heard your name, I was like, wow, what a name. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so how do both of you know each other? Well, um, so I started the Core Movement page and um, she got to know of it, I think, from someone else. I'm not sure. How was it that you found out? And then she supported me. And then I was kind of a big fan of hers. So I started like looking her up and I was like, oh my God, she's supporting my page. And then from there, like I contacted her and then right away there was a click. Like just like the way she talks, the way I talk, the way our connection is. And it's been what, a year and a half? More than a year and a half now. But through the page, we haven't met each other <laughs> like in person, but we talk every day. <laughs> That's right. Um, I think one thing that me and Breathe have uh, a lot in common is obviously she's doing phenomenal work in her field. And I'm very, um, I'm a very emotional type of person. Like I have great empathy within me, especially like I feel like in Miraya, right? Mm. So that's the reason why um, I really connected with her. The stories that she's sharing of um, survivors of abuse. Um, and especially in South Asian communities, because we're told so often, don't talk about it. We're told so often um, that, you know, these problems don't really exist. Um, and the fact is they do. It's a massive problem. Um, and we need to openly have uh, open dialogue around it to educate. Um, so that's kind of when I reached out and supported her in a, a campaign that she was involved in at the time. Um, and I've just supported her ever since. So actually, I'm a fan of yours, Core Movement. 
that will make yeah, you happy. I love it. <laughs> That's incredible. I love that technology can connect us. I'm I'm surprised that you guys have not met because just seeing the love between you and in the conversations that I witnessed, you would yeah. never guess. You would never guess. And I love that. It's nice to see sisterhood being modeled. And that's what I'm hoping that we can show today is how we show up for each other. What does support look like? Um, and if we go into the core movement, because I think that's the thing that connected us all. It was me admiring the work that Gurpreet is doing that encouraged me to reach out and say, hey, you know, well done, sister. Thank you for being brave enough to share those stories. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't even imagine the amount of backlash that you would have gotten for holding that space, but it's the right thing to do. And it takes courage. And there's there's loads of other sisters out there like us who appreciate that. Um, I know that this might be a little bit of a, a tough question, but I'm going to ask you and you don't have to answer. It's okay if you don't want to, but the work that you're doing on the core movement is raising awareness about sexual abuse and sexual assault that happens in the South Asian community. Is this something that either of you two have ever encountered? In your own life? I personally have. Um, yes, I did. And that's the reason I um, started this movement. I was molested by a couple of people in my family, like relative wise. And then when I came forward with my story, I noticed the lack of support I was getting. And then my main goal was to open this page and spread awareness because nobody talks about it. And I just didn't want anybody else feeling the pain that I went through when I felt alone. So my thing was whoever there is, like strangers, anybody that isn't getting support from their loved ones, their family, their friends, they can come to this platform and we can start this support group and just help each other heal. Yeah, um, I've uh, been um, a survivor of abuse as well. Um, for me, in my household, it was always domestic abuse. Um, so often we hear, especially in Punjabi families, uh, fathers drinking excessive amounts of alcohol, becoming alcoholics. Um, and in the end, the impact that has on the children and obviously, you know, the, the female partners as well. So it was a same old story that we hear so often um, in our culture, um, you know, and um I'm the oldest of four siblings, so I remember the most, um, I saw the most, um, and probably is impacted on me the most as well. Um, so yeah, it's a horrible cycle. Um, we don't talk about this enough. Um, only now we're starting to. Um, and more importantly, we think but that's not correct. You know, as children, there's so much trauma that we take on. We're like sponges, right? We absorb everything. And the trauma that I witnessed is basically absorbed and it's in my core now. No matter how hard I try, it's difficult to remove that because it does have an impact on how I see the world. It has an impact on, you know, my future relationships or my current relationships with my friends, my family, my loved ones. So it's definitely had an impact, um, which I'm still, you know, suffering the consequences of till this day. Wow. And that's what we often take for granted is to know the, the impact that happens after the abuse, um, whatever type of abuse that is. And, you know, Domestic abuse is a really, really big issue in the whole of the Punjabi community, right? Um, back in the day, for me, like I, I grew up the same way. I, that What you were just describing sounded like my childhood as well. Um, my dad was abusing alcohol and I was in a household where 
domestic violence was an everyday occurrence and that was just how we got through life. Um, I was actually, I was very young when I had my first encounter of sexual abuse as well. And it's not something that I've really been able to talk about just because these spaces didn't exist for us, right? We were told that if we tell anybody about what's going on at home, then people are going to shun us in the community. We don't want to bring shame to our family by exposing our dirty laundry. If we talk about our stories, about the abuse that we're encountering, then maybe it's our fault and first we're going to be blamed, right? Um, and then if we did have the courage to tell anybody, then we're being threatened that no one's ever going to marry you, right? Are these things yeah, and, said to you as well? Yeah. Instead of um, mentioning it to like talking to the person that's coming forward and like feel, understanding, listening, we go straight into judgment in our community. That's so common. What are, what's the society going to say? It's like, Hey, it's not your fault that this happened to you. It, the stuff should come forward. The reality should come forward. And the person that should be ashamed is actually the perpetrator, not anybody else. So you coming forward, that's showing strength. That's showing courage. And that's one thing we need to change in our community because we're more worried. Us, like we're inside the household and we're not happy. But when it comes to going outside, we have to have this fake formality thing going on and showing people that, oh, we're so happy and not talking about like the depression, the anxiety or something that they faced. And these are things that need to be talked about. We talk about physical. We talk about when we get hurt. Um, oh, like we got hurt and we'll bring that as like an issue and we'll call and hey, are you okay? But when it comes to mental, um, mentally, like you're mentally not there, you're emotionally not well, and that's when we need the support. And that's when people in our community kind of shut it down and just say, hey, uh, suck it up. It, um, it's already happened. In our community, we really don't even talk about counseling that much. And we are just set, we are just told, like, let it be and move forward. And that's the last thing you want to be telling a person that's been through abuse, that's been through something. Because you know what? That's when they need to be heard. And us silencing them is just making it worse. And then it just becomes a cycle. Absolutely. And I think as a community, we're a really cutthroat community. Um, you know, we're talking about, for example, the phrase, I remember because of the abuse that I, um, you know, was subjected to as a child, you know, when you're going through something so bad like this on a daily basis, nobody that you can reach out to, nobody you can talk to, and you're a young person going through them, them tender years of your teenage years, for example, um, you know, you start to internalize a lot of your feelings. Um, a lot of people sometimes will turn to drugs or alcohol because they don't know how to cope with certain situations. For me, the only thing that I could do was abuse my relationship with food. Um, and I became basically a massive emotional eater. Every time something bad would happen, something significant in my life would happen, I would just continue eating. And I was just basically piling on um, all this weight. And instead of people saying in my community, oh, wait, what's happening to this kid? I was just getting shamed, body shamed. Okay, oh my God, look, I would go to the Godwara and women that I don't even know would come up to me and they would say, right? And these are people, yeah, and these are people who literally have no idea what you're going through. 
And then on top, we shame. We, you know, we, you failed me and you never stood up for me when I probably needed you the most. But as a, as a community, we're very proud people, aren't we? That, oh, we belong to a Punjabi community. Sardi community, this is our culture. But actually, this is also a very a real face of our community too. You failed me then. You couldn't help me and support me when I probably needed you, your support the most because we don't know how to identify it. And then on top, you shame me and you push me further into this cycle, um, you know, by telling me that I'm not worthy of anybody's love and that nobody's going to marry me, you know, and I'm just gaining more and more weight and just getting trapped in this horrible cycle of abuse also from the community. Mm -hmm. that's, that's so deep because that's so true. I'm so sorry that you went through that, man. I mean, we, we've all got those auntie when they look at you, the first thing they tell you is what's wrong with your appearance or how much weight you've gained or lost since the last time they saw you, right? And those are like the subtle layers of body shaming, but they're so, so strong. They absolutely are. And I think, you know, luckily now, because we're able to come on platforms like this and have conversations, you know, social media is so powerful, even though there's so many negatives to it, there's so many positives too. We can educate people, at least um, by educating our generation. It means that we can have open dialogue with the older generation too. And hopefully people will think twice before they say something. Because when you say something, it has consequences. And it's not okay, no matter how old you are. I think we all have a responsibility. We should challenge it. Challenge it respectfully, you know. And at least that person will think that actually, what am I saying? Is it right or wrong? Whether they want to change or not, that's their own karma and that's up to them, right? But I think we should encourage positive dialogue to challenge it. 100% well said absolutely and that's what this is about like when we get together as sisters who are sitting in different corners of the world right now but we're uniting together when our voices come together we see the overlaps right and I know that so many people who are going to be watching and listening are going to feel the same way um, at the moment the whole like vibe around it is really unfolding how much dirt there has been hidden away under the rug of culture and Punjabiness and Sikhi and South Asianness. Um, and there's so many cases of sexual abuse that are coming forward. And that's what I think we, we need to highlight a little bit more because there's so many people who brush it off. It was like when the Me Too movement first kicked off, men around the world were so surprised, right? Yep. Like, how how can there be so many women who have had these experiences and why didn't you say anything before, right? That's one thing that needs to change though. When we say like, why didn't they say it before? That's when education is the biggest thing understand why victims don't come forward at that time understand the trauma they have dealt with understand and listen instead of being judgmental and being like why did it take you this many years to come forward how about they have come forward now and how are you going to support them that's the thinking we should have not judge and say hey why didn't you do this at that time why didn't you do this at that time or oh wow it took you this long why is that is there something else that you're hiding why didn't you close the door why didn't you slap him why didn't you do this to him but hey at that time you don't know what that person was going through you don't know their position so who are we to judge and be like 
this is what you should have done. No, we weren't in that experience. We weren't in their shoes. So our job here as our society, our community is to listen and support. And especially when someone is being vulnerable in front of you, make sure that you're confidential and you don't tell anybody else. Make sure that you keep supporting that one person that has come forward to you because they thought this through in their mind a hundred of times before coming forward to someone. So the last thing we want to do is put them down or tell them a local um, like that's the last thing we want to do because guess what you're just victimizing the victim blaming you're putting that person down and you're leaving their trauma just at the surface and you're like the chances of them actually healing from this is going to be less because of the one word that you said that was not okay absolutely Bishambhartas would you like to add anything no, I think Breed is absolutely right. We've got such a problem just to even listen in our community and our culture. We know we we have so many things to say, but how do we actually take a step back and just listen? Um, you know, especially from the time that I've been watching and following the core movement in particular, when all these um, survivors are coming forward with their story, it's important. It's their story, not our story. It's not about our experiences or what we would do. Like Breed said, it's their story, um, and we should respect that and we should listen that's mm -hmm. what first thing but i think we've we are so impatient sometimes we forget yeah right when you guys went through your traumas in your younger years did you ever try to tell anybody um yes i did I tried and then I backed off. And then the one person I kind of shared it with, they broke my trust and went and told other family members. So then it just made me feel worse about coming forward. So that's another thing, a confidentiality. That's why I feel like because of my experience, I make sure any story that comes to me, it comes to me, anybody that's coming forward with anything, I make sure that it's confidential because you know what? They're opening up and the last thing they want is other people knowing their face, their name. They're not comfortable at this time so that's that's the boundary that i have to set right but yeah it was difficult when i did come forward and when i did a lot of my family members were like why did it take you so long that was their main question or why didn't you do this and then a couple of family members well she was la she lost so much um why is she such a friendly person like this was bound to happen and it's like excuse me that guy's my cousin that person shouldn't even thinking those thoughts but you guys are more worried about if i was laughing if i was comfortable with that person other than actually going to that person and be like hey what you did was not okay mm -hmm. and another thing is even though i did come forward and i had the support from my parents i was still facing that trauma by seeing that person at family functions i didn't know how much it affected me but that fa fake face that i had to show and say sasrikal and say hi to that abuser just so other people know there's nothing going on how that affected me but again uh um, society all of that what matters way more why is that that's the thing that we want to say that should not happen if an abuse if a victim is seeing their abuser over and over again that's a type of trauma they're dealing with the memories come forward that's not something you can control so your support system your family your friends shouldn't be forcing you to go there um even like recently rakri passed i've had so many victims come forward on my page and be like hey my brother my cousin sexually assaulted me but because of family i have to go tie a rakri on that person 
how sad is that to hear that's heartbreaking yeah so we need to change things like that we need to stand up for ourselves and be like hey this person has done this to me the last thing i want to do is tie a rakdi on this man like this is not what i'm going to do stand up for yourself because guess what nowadays nobody else does it and we look for that support we look for that love that we need from someone and when you don't get it that's when your heart kind of breaks and then you're like you're all alone that's why this platform gets everyone together hey you're not alone how can we support you if your family or your loved ones have it yeah definitely and i think you know one thing that i hate the the concept of honor and the concept of you know um is that there's always put on a woman for example right it's like you've got nothing to feel ashamed of you didn't ask for this to happen to you so why should you be the one who's ashamed you know i mean you're not the only one who holds the you know flag for izzat or um honor of a family it's um har ek bande di izzat apne haath de vich hundi regardless of you're a male or female right so um i just hate this as well this concept of uh, that we we have basically in our community but um in regards to um sort of the abuse that i faced i kind of felt like um authorities let me down if that makes sense um i didn't physically ever speak up about it because i always had the the fear that if i spoke to somebody social services will come and they will take me and my brothers and sisters away um you know and I, that's the last thing i ever wanted to do to my mom because it's not her fault that this was happening to her mm-hmm. um so i really felt that guilt and i like literally kept my mouth shut all my life but I look back at it now and I think you know sometimes in school the way I was acting up you know my presentation in terms of my hygiene you know that's another thing that really really affects you when you're um you know um a, a survivor or a victim of abuse you know um your hygiene suffers as so many r- flags that I think authorities teachers who used to see me on a daily basis ignored completely um you know nobody questioned where's this behavior coming from where's this anger coming from because obviously i was being exposed to it so i was getting angry as well um so i really felt like the authorities let me down mm-hmm. it's it's i think very normal to feel like that because when you're the child you expect the adults to step up their game and to be there and to recognize what's going on right um and yeah i can relate to that i can relate to what both of you have have shared i mean where it comes to my uh my experiences of sexual abuse in my childhood that's not something i actually ever told anybody about for the reason of getting in trouble for the reason of um because we were not allowed i was not allowed to talk to boys i've got three brothers and they were allowed to go and do everything but i couldn't talk to boys i couldn't go out anywhere i couldn't go on school trips like i was being protected or you know imprisoned or whatever it was and in the house it was like hell um my brothers didn't have to deal with it i did um my youngest brother was too small so it was like this really weird dynamic of being in that fear of social services right that was what you saw on the tv that if something's going on and you tell the police they're going to call social services and if you're under 16 they're going to take you away and you don't know where you're going to end up so your family's going to get broken up and as a kid all you want to do is you want to stay with your family you want everything to be okay but it's so confusing when the people who are supposed to step up they don't step in how did you guys deal with that i think the fear for me was just so great like you said you know you don't you want to 
stay with your family because you love them. You want to protect them. And the last thing you want to do is break up your family. Um, and I knew that by me speaking out about it, that everything that I want is not what's going to happen. I just wanted the problem to go away, but the problem wasn't going to get resolved. Um, the only way it would have been resolved is if all of us were, you know, taken away from each other. And like you said, you have that fear. You don't know where you're going to end up, what's going to happen. Plus, I remember, you know, when um, the abuse, for example, my father was violent towards my mom growing up as a child. But then when it got to an age where he would then physically get violent towards me. And I remember I was in secondary school and I went to school with a broken arm once and I had to lie to the teacher saying I fell down the stairs. And I, I went to A&E with bruises all up my arm and I had to lie of what's happened. And it, it's absolutely crazy. It's like the only people that knew were my best friends. They were my support system, even though they were my age, you know, they were the only people that I had. I couldn't talk to anybody else because of that fear, you know, what's going to happen. And I didn't want to bring any more pain to my mom. She's already suffering as it is. So you have that guilt even more on top. Um, plus, like I said, I'm the oldest. So it depends on your family dynamic too. You know, to me, I saw my mom in my dad's role because she went out and became the breadwinner. And then for me, I became like, the mother of the family looking after my younger siblings. So I had to take that responsibility on very young age in my life, um, very young on in my age. Um, so yeah, I, I literally couldn't, the loyalty was so high as well, like to my parents. And like I said, the last thing I wanted to do was cause her extra stress. Wow, that's a lot to take on for a, for a young person, Hannah. Absolutely, and then you've got to deal with issues of body image on top of that. You know, it's 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 honestly it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy, and and that's why I felt so let down. It's like people didn't recognise that all this is happening. Why is it happening? You can just see a picture in front of you, but you don't know how that person got to that picture. Hmm. And what can we do as a community? We can only say, "Oh, bomotiyogile, konidinalkine biakarnaya." So I'm already going through all that in the background. I'm keeping everything together as best as I can. But now I have to deal with you throwing a man on top of me, basically, to say, oh, who's going to marry you? So that means my self-esteem, my confidence, even it was zero anywhere. But you've just put me to minus 50 now because now I think that I'm completely worthless. And I literally grew up like that, literally grew up believing that. But God has funny ways. The same person who had no confidence now is a plus-size model giving thousands of women around the world confidence. It's just crazy. And that's incredible. That's the transformation that that happens inside your heart. You know, when you let love in and somewhere in your journey, you found your worth. You found that, you know, you you do deserve love and you do deserve greatness. And the courage within you, the resilience that's what kept you going. And that's what I think is incredible. That You're inspirational for so many other women, especially South Asian women, to know that we can do that and we can overcome it. It's I'm sure it wasn't easy. And definitely. And I think that's why it's so important, like the core movement, for example, you know, yourselves and for us to come together to actually show that, you know what, to even whoever might be watching this right now, we're no different to you. We went through everything. We we still are going through it. You might see really, really strong women. I have my down days. I have days where I absolutely feel absolutely terrible, feel crap about myself, you know? But then I think to myself, you've come a long way. Don't forget your journey. You know, this is your path. You've been put on this path. And for me, faith saved me. You know, my my faith in God, that saved me. My, my religion saved me. Um, you know, that would never change. And everything's up and down. Nothing's permanent. We all know that, right? But the main thing is, at least I'm on my path. At least I'm on that journey. And on the way, if I'm inspiring people 
along the way. I'm meeting like-minded souls. Together we're bringing change. What more do I want? I just don't want no one else to suffer like we did. That's one thing that I always tell myself. Yeah, exactly. The reason I opened this platform is like, hey, I went through that suffering. I just don't want anyone else suffering through it. How can we help? How can we heal? Because you know what? Helping one another is the way we get stronger. When I started this page, I wasn't mentally there. I wasn't mentally okay. This page helped me heal. The page I started, I started realizing how many other victims there are. And it's not only me. And then I was like, okay, you know what? Now I'm healing. Now the healing process is never going to end. It always continues. Like she said, you always have your ups and downs, but it's like, how far have you come? Look how far have you come and what you've done for yourself and the inner strength. We always think that we don't have it in us, but we do. And I feel like, yo, one last year, I was not at the same place. Um, now look at me and now look how far I've come. And now we're inspiring so many other people to come forward. And that's what we need as a community to get together and do this together. And that's when we see, like, when I get emails to me sent to me saying you saved my life or because of you i opened up to my family hey that's what keeps me going and yes you were right like we get a bunch of hate sometimes we get people that will always shut us down but always remember the people you have helped there's always gonna be haters but that does not mean like you know what you're doing what type of seva you're doing and that's what keeps you going and again faith is a big thing religion saved me as well where when we can't when i was at my weakest when I did not have anybody. I was looking for something of my own and then I just figured it out. I was like, hey, this is the path that God has given me and now I have to embrace it. Like I've dealt with all this trauma and now I'm gonna grow from it and I'm gonna like help other people. Yeah, people say Seva is, people understand Seva as being going to the temple, serving food or doing that, right? That's the type of Seva, but Hey, listening to people, strangers every day, um, like listening to their trauma, trying to help, that is a type of seva as well. And if we all try to do that and actually be kind to one another and help strangers, we can make such a big difference in our community. You're both absolutely incredible. And I love that it was faith that kept you both strong through all of this. That means a lot. Um, in our community, I think that's something that we all lean towards. And it's nice to know that you use that in the difficult moments. The work that both of you are doing is not easy work, right? And this is what we need. We need strong women like yourselves to come forward. What you've both described is the same reason that I set up Core Voices, was to create a space that I'd have wished for when I was younger where we can just talk or where I can hear other women, other people talk about their issues and find solutions and support each other. Anna. But because in the whole of our history, in the last hundred years, this is these spaces didn't exist. So we have to create them. We have to figure out how to use them and how to show up for those younger versions of ourselves and the next generation that are coming. And knowing how prominent sexual abuses in the community it happens in the gurdware it happens within the families it happens within our community it happens everywhere um what can we do what can we do to make these spaces safer or to create more awareness because at the moment i think we're still at that really beginning stage with the majority of our communities in denial right um 
And if it is happening, why aren't people talking about it? So how do we overcome that first block to actually get our community to believe and agree that this is a problem? So we, yeah, so we have had a lot of back, like I have had a lot of backlash when I started this. Everyone's like, you are a disgrace to the Sikh community. You shouldn't even be talking about sexual abuse, sexual education, uh, sex education, any of this. And then it was like a really big wake up call. Like, look at how many people are in our, in our community are uneducated about these things. So it's time to educate. Like, look at the statistics. Look at how many people, one in five, whatever the cases are that deal with sexual abuse, that deal with domestic abuse, that deal with financial abuse. And we just don't talk about it. So now this uncomfortable topic that I have started first in the last year, it was very tough, but now people are kind of getting into the, Hey, this does happen. And Hey, you cannot trust every mama taya masi there is. You have to make sure that you take care of your own child. Yes, we need babysitters where we leave our children, but understand that something can happen. Like you need to be cautious about those things. At least until the age of 18, be aware where your child is because you do not know what's going to happen. We like put this blind trust in people sometimes and then the kids suffer because of it or because like our parents are working so hard that they don't have anybody. So they'll just leave their children in places where they trust, but it's not happening. And then in our community, we don't talk about good touch, bad touch. We don't talk about sex education. It's really ignored. We don't mention it in our households. We get all embarrassed if there's a kissing scene on a movie and we'll like put the remote and change it. Right. But here now we need to start educating because the more we educate, the more awareness we can raise. And then the more like things can change, especially in temples, like, come on, we need security. At the end of the day, I have way too many stories out here that have come forward to me saying I was sexually assaulted by some um, religious figure like a Baba or like someone random in the place because there's a playroom and all the kids get together. But you need to understand you're leaving your kids in Punjabi classes and all these places, places, but where's the security? This is what I've come down to. I'm like, hey, there should be some sort of security there. There should be cameras there that if something is happening, like we know about it and educate and make sure like, hey, there's not little kids just in all over the Gurdwara, all over the temple. There's a space for them that's safe. And there's people that are watching over them when the parents aren't like some sort of something. So we decrease the amount of victims that are like coming forward and when things like this do happen stop keeping it hush hush stop keeping it inside the committee members or like inside the gurdwara bring it forward talk about it yes it happened that i it might put your temple or something the name down but guess what our job is to speak the truth our job here is to protect anybody and what we're doing by hiding this stuff and not talking about it is just making the situation worse. And then we're letting these perpetrators continue because yeah. guess what? They got away with it the first time, the second time, the third time. Now they're going to keep getting away with it. Absolutely. And of course, we're going to believe as a community that these things don't happen in our culture and in our community because we don't talk about it. If we don't talk about it, how do we know it exists? You know, mm. and like Breed said at the end of the day, you know, it's not just about security. Part of that security also means make sure that you have whoever's looking after a child, make sure they're vetted properly. Make sure they've got a CRB behind them. Make sure it's OK for them to even look after children or vulnerable people. You know what I mean? 
I hope we're doing that in our religious establishments. Um, we can only hope, but obviously we also know that that isn't happening. So mm. why are we not talking about that as a community? Why are we just, you know, like, right? all the time, whatever, we, we're giving everything, but we're not actually asking the right questions that we should be asking where we're sending our children. We really need to talk about this. I agree with you. This is this is a massive issue and it's something that's really close to my heart as well because um, most of the work that I do happens in Gurdwari when I'm traveling around the world. And um, from my interaction with a lot of different Gurdwara committees globally, there are no background checks done on any of the employees, the committee members or the Gyanis or the Ragis or anybody who's having the interaction with kids. Okay. That's what I mean. That's what I was trying to say. Like the people that travel from India come here, just not India, anywhere. They come here, they okay. are doing their seva, but they do a com crime. They commit a crime by molesting a child or whatever it is, and they go away. Ha they leave after six months and they don't come back. But that, guess what? That child is facing trauma now. So how do we change that? How do we make where there's, hey, there's a certain amount of people that are vetted and that can come in and explain the rules to them. There's nothing for them. When they come in, it's just, here, you're a granti, you are a religious person. You never think that that person will do anything. Even when a child goes and tells their parents that this has happened, the parents usually say, like, these are from experiences from my page. Hey, like, no, no, you were probably mistaken. And just shut the per child down. Like, no, no, this guy's an amartari. Like, he will not do this to you. We cannot use religion as a way to cover our sins or what we have done. At the end of the day, we're all humans. We all, like, make mistakes, whatever it is. But we cannot just say, we can't be blinded. Just because the person is a granti, just because the person has more power and they're a public figure or something, that they don't do anything wrong. Yes, they do. They're humans. And people that have more power, they abuse their power more too. And especially if they keep getting away with it and nobody's doing anything because we're all scared to confront that person, then this is going to keep continuing. How, what, how, what change are we going to make if we don't bring this forward and talk about it? 100% agree with you. The problem that I've encountered, um, and I'm sure both of you know a lot of people who have been abused in Gurdwari. I know men and women who have been abused in Gurdwari. And um, the problem with um, confronting a Gurdwara is that you take on the institution, right? Mm -hmm. So you're battling the committee instead of just the perpetrator. And often they get protected. Um, there are several cases that have come out in recent months about members of Gurdwaras who are have been involved and protected by those institutions. And these people have now been charged with allegations and some have been charged previously with allegations of sexual molestation of minors. And this is disgusting. It's sickening to know that this happens and we allow it to happen by not having accountability, the institution scares us. Um, mm -hmm. And we, we've had it embedded in us that if we say anything wrong to these religious, religious figures, then mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? You don't challenge these people because they do the work of God. And we then fall into that fear that, oh my God, I don't want to get God on my bad side. So I'm just going to zip it and not say anything. Yeah. And, and that's when the kids lose faith in the actual, like that's supposed to be a safe place. 
that's supposed to be a place where um people feel safe and can go and just pray and just like you know have some spiritual like connection but guess what this trauma happens to them and now they're not gonna go there anymore i know so, so many kids that have come forward to me saying we don't go to the temple anymore there's too many creeps there there's too much and i'll be like hey what happened and then they'll give me a story and i'm like i understand why you don't want to enter but then our parents will be like oh you're just not religious you're just spoiled you don't even want to get go to the temple and it's like hey it's because most of them have dealt with something and now they just don't want to go and we need to understand why they don't want to go not yell at them for not going we need to understand why they feel this way and that's another thing and another thing is we understand like these temples like we go there but a lot of the people that go there sometimes are not mentally okay themselves they are either going through something grieving and i feel like these temples should have a counseling place where you can go and talk and yes we pray and that's one way of doing it but there should be one-on-one -on -one sessions there some volunteer thing that should start in these temples where people can go in and have one-on-one -on -one counseling it's a type of seva that we should provide for free in the temples we provide food why can't we provide this as well so that's the thing that i've been thinking about a lot lately too i think that's a great suggestion to have, I mean, both of you have come up with great ideas. I hope that anybody who's watching, who's involved um, in Gurdwara is gonna, they're gonna listen and take that on board because we need to do something, having security cameras in places so that we, we know what's going on, ensuring that all the people in those spaces, volunteers or employees, whatever they may be, have security checks and to have some sort of counseling and support groups. I know that there's, um, in Toronto, there's a couple of sisters out there who run Sorch. And they, they've been doing a lot of mental health related work and conversations in the Gurdwara. So it's starting to happen. And it seems like it's, you know, our generation and women who are coming to the front line to do this work because we seem to have had enough of sitting back and waiting for someone else to do it. Right. Exactly. And if you could wish for any type of support to be available for survivors and victims, of abuse, what would that be and why? I think for me, one thing that makes me really, really angry is especially we hear it so often, you know, some incidents happened, the victim then goes to the authorities, to the police, for example, um, you put all your faith in that, don't you, thinking that you will be given justice. And I know as a magistrate, of course, I when I sit on that chair, I always pray before I even go and sit in court because I always say right because you're in a position of power um but there's many times where I'm bounded by the law and I have to do basically what the books tell me to do when my heart says something different it's natural it's human nature but I have to put my my personal feelings to the side and I have to do what is just as such and the only thing that I would say that I find extremely heartbreaking is that that when people do go to the authorities, they just get turned away. Not enough evidence. Sorry, we can't do nothing about it. Thank you for reporting it. Maybe it might be useful next time when another victim comes forward. What? How many victims are we going to wait till for them to come forward till something's finally done? Do you know what I mean? I think this is the one thing that I just wish that victims didn't have to go through. Yeah, that's what I always mention. Like, it was my personal experience. I didn't get the support I needed. They were told that I don't have enough evidence. And a lot of people that come on my page, a lot of people have reported it anonymously, are going in and actually doing, like, coming forward and, like, having that hope. 
and the, I had so much anger in me the day that I found out that my case isn't going to go further. I decided to open the poor movement page around that time and like vent out on there because I was like, this is not fair. So my trauma doesn't matter at the end of the day. And that's why there's so many perpetrators. The law pretty much sucks is what I have to say. That's how I feel as a victim at that time. So when we tell people on this page, like, hey, oh, people are sharing all these stories. What's the point of sharing this? Um, go report it. Well, guess what? Half of them have reported it and nothing has been done. So now they're using a platform to raise awareness. And that's the only thing we as a community have to do something. If the cops aren't going to, if the law isn't, we as a community, it's our responsibility to mention the people that are perpetrators so less victims come forward. Less people, like it, the victims decrease. And now we start focusing on the healing we start focusing on all of that stuff instead of having more victims because at least there's no list that these cops are like giving us they're not giving us a list of how many um molestation cases have come forward who the perpetrators were nothing of that comes forward so if we know someone that is a perpetrator and we have evidence or we have people coming forward it is our duty to announce it and be like hey this person is a perpetrator. A lot of people get afraid by doing that. Like, this is the work I do. I've exposed a couple of people on my page and I felt that it was necessary as for me to do. So I know that there's less victims that come for, uh, less victims for that perpetrator. And now that perpetrator will be like, yeah, he didn't go to jail. She didn't go to jail or whatever it is. But at least now they're aware that this is public knowledge and they'll think twice before making that same step. And I think one more thing that I want to add to that as well is, um, I mean, Preeth, you've spoke about it on your platform too, like Claire's Law, for example, right? That's a law which probably a majority of people don't even know that they are entitled to do so. Mm -hmm. So if you are in a relationship with somebody, um, you can actually uh, put a request in to, the lo to your local police um, and you can basically ask them to do a check under Claire's Law so you can see if that person has any convictions of domestic abuse registered against them. And then... If you know that they have, then it's up to you to make that decision. Do you still want to remain in a relationship with somebody who has, or do you want to break off that relationship and safeguard yourself? You know, a lot of people don't even know that these things are available to them. We need to talk about it so people know what their, their options are, right? Yeah, exactly. It comes down to education at the end of the day. We don't know a lot about all of these laws. We don't know a lot about victims. We don't know how people react. All of this comes down to education and spreading awareness. And that's another reason for this page. Like, let's spread awareness. And Claire's Law is so amazing um, where you can actually come forward and, like, understand, like, and at the end of the day, then it'll be the vic the person that's coming and sharing. is their choice if they want to stay with that person or not. At least they were aware of what has happened, right? So if there are cases like this, it should be in public, but it's not. And uh, now things are slowly changing, and I'm glad that things are changing. Is Claire Claire's Law something that is um, international, or is it something no. that is passed in particular countries? No, it's so it's not international. I think we were doing some research on it. It's definitely in the United Kingdom. So you can ring 101 um, and you can put an application in to police here in the UK. We were looking at some research because obviously Claire, she is named after a female who was actually a victim of domestic violence and got killed by the perpetrator, her partner. It was actually her father who lobbied for so many years and then the law got passed in Parliament. Um, I know that uh, Canada's adopted it. So in areas in Canada as well, Breathe, you were doing some research. Yes. It's so important. Mm -hmm. share it with your followers right what did you find 
So there is, but it's not called Claire's Law. I don't know the name of it right now, but I've posted it on my page. And um, so we also have this um, similar thing and where you can just call and find out. It's not easy to do. It's not that easy. But if you really want to know if, if you have that gut feeling, that red flag in you that, hey, the person that I'm dating right now, is has he been abusive before with someone or anything, you can contact this. Um, I'll put up the link and everything. You can contact them and they will give you information if it suits the case. It all depends on each case, but if it works out, yeah. But it's not that difficult in the UK. There's a number of people that I've basically um, given advice to to do that. We as a local mm -hmm. authorities um, also advise people to do that too. So you can just ring um, the normal police service and you can put an application in. Obviously, That's they're not going to tell you all the ins and outs because of data protection, but at least yeah. they can tell you if there is a conviction of that nature on that exactly. record. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's wonderful. I did not know that. So I've learned something new. I didn't know this law existed and that was possible. So I hope that everybody who's tuning in is if you're in a situation where you need to access that information, you know how to do it. Um, and there's a lot of support available out there. Um, I believe that the core movement's going to be having support groups as well for the community that you support. Um, yeah. So there's lots of wonderful things that you're doing, um, not just to raise awareness, but to help the the community to survive and to thrive through this as well by healing. Um, what um, what are your hopes and greatest dreams for the work that both of you do separately and together? I'll let you go first, Reed. <laughs> you want to go first? <laughs> no, I'll let you go first. Um, so, um, I would say when I started this page, it was more, hey, I'm just going to be one-on-one -on -one with everyone that comes to me. But I just didn't know how big this was going to become. It wasn't something that was planned. Um, I changed it to the core movement. I changed the name in anger as well because my case wasn't dealt with. So I'm like, I'm going to make it a movement and I'm going to make this big. And now it has become the core movement foundation. Um, my thing is it's like certified. It's like it's like you know it's there now it's where it's gonna grow yeah it's recognized and um i want to do these support groups um which we were talking about once a month where we just help strangers like just people that aren't getting the support and i just want to continue doing the seva i another thing is i don't want money involved whatsoever so a lot of people that don't understand this this page any lawyers anyone that like lawyers to social workers to volunteers they're all doing this on their own time like i haven't started something like this yet but i'm that's the plan where I'm going to put up volunteer services and say you guys somehow help me because I have so many emails and like work as a community and where hey you're not going to get paid for this hey this is just volunteer work and that's how we're going to continue doing it and sometimes you have to go to lawyers and get like legal advice and it costs so much money but guess what on this page we have lawyers that are willing to help you for free so mm -hmm. a true saver yeah and that's the i just want to keep continuing it and make it grow people sometimes say like you're doing this for fame i hope this gets famous i hope this gets so big that everyone that needs the support they know they can contact the core movement they know it's going to be it's an organization and then we as a community just help each other out and make our, ourselves strong absolutely i want it to blow up as well i think exactly yes I want the core movement in everyone's brains.
everyone's brains. That's what I want. <laughs> we're here to support that to happen because yeah. it needs to happen. Definitely. Yeah. I think when I get asked that question, um, Jazz, I always think of one thing. I feel like... Um, like I make a kati patanga basically and I say like make kati patanga da teya tere hath door right literally that's why I always tell myself like I don't know where I've come from I don't know where I'm going everything that has been given to me is a massive blessing like I said it's my faith that took me and carried me through um you know none of this was ever planned in life for me to even go into the law side for me to go into the child protection side that i work in even to be in media how i am and the small platform jinna bhi rab ne dikta mara mota i'm so proud of it because i've built it from zero right and i just think to myself that whatever i have i know that i'm influential people listen when i talk and mere te lakh lanat hovegi if i don't use that for the best if i don't use that for the betterment of people otherwise what's the point there's hundreds of people who call themselves models because obviously i do modeling as well there's hundreds of people who think they're absolutely stunning and they're instagram models and so on but what is the point of you just wanting that in life right i that's just not how i see it that's just how i've never been and i'm just glad that i can obviously you know reach out to people like yourselves reach out to the core movement join forces make things bigger and better for people everything when we die is just going to be left here that's one thing i remind myself which our parents tell us often as well and our our grandparents sara ko shitira you know so like honestly i try not to be so attached to these kind of things because you might be current now you might not be in the future but whilst you are make sure whatever you do you make a good mark exactly serve humanity exactly well said so beautifully said and i love that i love both of you for doing the work that you're doing and <laughs> it ties in so well together because what you were, what we were sharing at the beginning is the impact of any type of abuse from childhood it stays with you through your life right and for women it hits our confidence right so i think how this comes together this sisterhood is so so powerful to help victims realize that there's a space where they can be seen and heard to support them through that and then reclaim their beauty and their connection with themselves to fall in love with who they are and knowing that however they are they're perfect and they're beautiful i think that's what we need and i'm so grateful that you're both part of the movement to support everybody who needs that and now you've got me as well okay hey. so what i can do in that space to help i'm there and this is how we can make change this is how we can create a world better than the one that we had to live through right Exactly. Absolutely and we hear it so often right that we want to be them kind of women that open the door so other women like us can walk through with you know much ease cuz we even now we have to fight for a space at the table right people mm-hmm. talk about the table all the time what table i can't even see the table we're still fighting to get there um so for sure when we come together with this we can make big changes and we can do big things mm-hmm. and we will definitely right core movement's going to take over the world that's right <laughs> watch out <laughs> so as we get to the end of the show firstly you guys have been fantastic i don't even know where the time went what message would you like to leave with everybody who's tuning in i think for me i just want to remind everybody regardless of what the world tells you no matter what people make you or lead you to believe you are worthy you are worthy of love you are light you are love you are everything that you want to be literally 
stop doing things to satisfy other people the only person that needs to be satisfied is you because when your relationship with you is good your relationship with everything else will be amazing Exactly. She stole my words. <laughs> so, <laughs> pretty much what I want to say is, hey, you you guys deserve love, respect. If someone disrespects you, puts you down, they should not be a part of your life. And you guys need to understand that because you only live once. And one thing is your happen happiness matters. And just take care of yourself. Put yourself first. I All of this, cut it out. Because I know it's easy said than done, but it's possible. And then that's when you're going to be happy. That's when you're going to be like, hey, I do deserve love and respect. And then that's what you're going to receive. Yeah. So, so amazing. You guys are both fantastic. I'm so grateful that you came and blessed our beautiful community of core voices. Thank you so much for being on the show. And I hope that you guys are going to come back again and help to keep us inspired. Thank, Thank you so much for having us. And me and Breathe are definitely anywhere you want us to be. We're with oh, you. 100%. Always here. I see. Well, all of the cores need to come together, right? And that's what this is. This is paving the way for that. So we're going to come back and we're going to keep everybody informed about the amazing work that we're doing together to support our community and show up. Thank you, Gurpreet, for everything that you're doing. And thank, thank you, Das, for being so beautiful and inspirational. Thank you. <laughs> Love it. And thank you for everybody who's tuning into Core Voices, and we will see you again soon. Bye.